0: Growing up, I was uh, pretty much a rule follower. Some of you may find that hard to believe, but it's true. I really was mostly a rule follower, and mostly I still am, as long as I don't get caught, right? Right? Following rules. Rules are important. Rules have a place in our lives and in our world. There's rules. Uh, there are rules in place for our safety and our well-being. You know, there's rules that we follow when we're driving, that are important for our well-being as well as all the other people driving around us. There's rules that we use when we're in the kitchen, uh, when that we're working with um, the the stove and the oven and and sharp knives that are important for keeping us safe. And, uh, and whole, keeping us all in one piece. And, and then there are rules um, that really are common sense kind of rules. Uh, in my house growing up, one of those was that you don't jump on the bed, right? Except that we did jump on the bed and uh, often suffered the consequences of that, right? Our own injuries were often the result of breaking the rule. My grandmother had a rule that you don't eat raw cookie dough. Because, she said, if you do, you will get worms. Well, so far, so good. No worms. (laughs) Right? Rules that help us know how to live within boundaries are helpful to us. But so many rules begin with don't. Don't do this. Don't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, and the motivation for keeping the rules becomes simply avoiding punishment, right? We, we keep them because we don't want the consequences of not following them. Sometimes I think that's true in the church as well. I think sometimes we often hear more about what we can't do than what we can do. And I think sometimes we make following Jesus about a set of rules and regulations to be obeyed. With obedience to the rules more about avoiding getting in trouble or uh, avoiding eternal separation from God than about living fully into the faith that God has given to us, that comes to us as being a follower of Jesus. I wonder in your own uh, spiritual journey, in your own faith, are you more of a rule follower Is following the rules more important to you than following Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us today, that it would take hold of us and transform us. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Obedience can mean compliance with an order, a request, or a law. Obedience can also mean submission to another's authority. Obedience, uh, when it is just the compliance with an order or request or a law, often uh, when it's just that, then our motivation for obedience usually looks like reward and punishment. We obey because we want to be perceived as being good. We obey to avoid punishment. We obey in order to receive a reward or to reap some kind of benefit, that there, there's something that we're going to gain out of being obedient. Uh, but when it comes to faith in Jesus, obedience is not about punishment at all. It's about love. And it's about saying yes to God, who in Jesus has already said yes to To us. It's about saying yes to God, who in Jesus has already said yes to us. During this series, this Advent, we've been in Paul's letter to the Philippians, mostly in chapter two. We talked about down to earth love and down to earth humility, and tonight, down to earth. Obedience. And Paul continues, Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation. Participate in your own salvation. Say yes to your own salvation with fear and trembling, with diligence, with intention, with humility. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will, to, to want it, and to work for his good pleasure. Work out, say yes to your own fate, your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not saying be afraid of it. It's saying, it's saying be diligent in it. It's saying be mindful of what it is that you're doing. Be intentional in that. Obedience When it comes to faith, it's really about yes. It's about the big yes, but not just to anyone. We're saying yes to God, the creator of the universe, who also created us in his image. The creator of the universe who sees us and hears us and knows us and loves us, who in Jesus has already said yes to us. I think it's so important for us to understand that the reason we can even say yes to God is because God has already said yes to us. We're not saying yes to avoid punishment. We're saying yes because we've already been received. We're saying yes to love one another because we've already been loved. Obedience is about saying yes to this kind of authority in our lives, understanding we're already in. We're, We're not saying yes in order to earn something or avoid something. We're saying yes because... God has said yes to us. In Jesus, we know that God is with us and God is for us. Down-to-earth obedience is not about an obligation that we have. It's about an opportunity that we have to say yes to the God of the universe. It's not about fulfilling some kind of duty that God puts on us. It is about responding to God's desire for us to live fully and freely in God's mercy and God's grace. Down-to-earth obedience is saying yes to God, to this love, to this life, to this promise, to this hope, even as our lives unfold in ways that we cannot predict, even as our our circumstances change in ways in which sometimes expectations for life get upended and and turned into something else, even in ways that invite us to simply follow where God leads us and where God invites us to trust that God is at work. In the Gospel of Luke, we hear a part of Mary's story. Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is Mary's response. If you go read in Luke 1, as uh, the angel shows up to Mary and says, Don't be afraid, Mary. Uh, I know you're not married, but you're going to have a baby. And not only that, that baby's going to be the son of God, and that baby's going to be king. What do you say? Right? And I, I can think of all sorts of things in today's vernacular that Mary could have said. But instead, she says, here am I, servant of the Lord. Mary says yes to God doing this impossible thing in her and through her. Mary is just an ordinary girl in an ordinary family living in that, that space in time in which there are specific roles and customs and and ways in which, in which they live to fulfill what it means to live in that society. She's just going along. She's engaged to be married. Her life is set. And and then the angel shows up. What, what, was, what is good news to us, we think of, of what Mary did, and the result of that is being very good news for us. I, I suspect it wasn't really initially good news for Mary. We, we like to think of the story just as, this woman, this young woman who says yes to God, and then we have sweet baby Jesus, and all is well. Mary was just an ordinary person like you and like me. Willing to say yes when what she expected out of life got upended. When, when what she was uh, planning for uh, changed radically, Mary simply said yes. Mary offered that obedience to God. In this study that we've used this uh, Advent by Rachel Billups, she's one of the pastors at Ginghamsburg United Methodist Church, and I worked with Mike Slaughter for a long time. She says, Obedience is not learned when our lives are comfortable or easy. Obedience is forged in the middle of the mess. It's easy for us to say yes to God when all is well. It's harder for us when our lives are a mess. It's harder for us when we get the unwelcome phone call that changes everything, when we get the notice that our cancer is returned or that we have cancer to begin with, when, when we get the phone call that a loved one has died or when we get notice that our spouse has left, or we get a call from the police that our child's been arrested, or when the throes of addiction uh, rise up and attack us again, right? When there's an accident or an event or, or a tragedy, that in one moment our lives are upended and changed and nothing is the same, that's when it's hard. That's when it's hard to enter into this space of obedience. But down to earth, obedience is being willing to say yes to God in the midst of all of these circumstances. Believing that God can see beyond our current circumstances. And that God sees possibilities that we can't even imagine. I I can't even imagine being in Mary's heart or in her mind when that angel shows up and and tells her what's going to happen. or or in the ensuing months when her whole body is changing, when her whole life is changing, and she still doesn't know what's going to happen. God sees beyond our circumstances, and God knows possibilities beyond what we can imagine. Here's Mary, unwed, uneducated, unimportant, insignificant, soon to be rejected by her family and the community, and Mary said yes. And look what God did. How is it that we can say yes? There really is a a path of obedience for us. And and the first thing is to simply say yes, even if it's a whispered uncertainty. Yes. Yes. It's to offer that affirmation (laughs) that you're even willing to say yes to God. And then to remember to remember who God is, all of us as people of faith need to remember our collective salvation history, the story of God's saving grace from the beginning of time, as well as our own personal stories in which we have known God's goodness and God's grace and God's provision. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This salvation, this, this wholeness, this, uh, this deliverance that God offers to us. Mary had the knowledge of her people. She knew what it meant to know, to know God's story, God's story of deliverance and salvation Back in Exodus, in this story of deliverance, the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. God sees And God hears, and God knows, and God shows up. Not just to be with us, but to deliver us. Not just to be with us in our circumstances, but to provide salvation in the midst of them. To provide wholeness in our brokenness, to provide comfort in our pain. To provide a a way where there seems to be no way. The path to obedience is, is starts with yes, but then we have to remember that this is our story. The story of deliverance it, that is different, different from the story that the world would tell us. When we remember our story, grounded in God's truth about who we are and who God is, then it helps us stay grounded or, or regrounded or, or centered in that truth, when, when the world around us would try to tell us a different story, when we look at our current culture, when we look at the climate of fear and divisiveness, when we, when we look at the climate where, where manipulation and, and threats gain you power and position, when we look at a climate in, in which we treat each other as the other rather than as one of us, We need to remember that our story is is not that. Our story is that we belong to God. And that God knows us and hears us and sees us and delivers us. That's our story. Sometimes we forget that that's our story. And we need to remember that We need to remember who we are and who God is so that we don't lose sight of God's grace and goodness and provision from day one, from the story of creation in which we are created in the image of God and called good. We've got to remember that and find courage in that to trust where God is leading us, that path of obedience, saying yes, even as weak and as uncertain as it might be, remembering who we are, remembering who God is, and then trusting God. Trusting God. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's God who is at work in you. You're not doing this on your own. It's God at work in you, enabling you both to will, to want it, and to work for his good pleasure, trusting that God is at work on our behalf for our good and for the good of those around us. It's, again, that's easy, right, when things are going well. That's easy when the world around us makes sense. That's easy when all the, the pieces in our lives fit together. It's much harder when the pieces of our lives are falling apart, it's much harder when we can't see really any further than just in front of us about how our lives are going to be or how the, the world is going to be. It's harder for us to trust that God really is at work in us and through us. In the darkest moments of our lives, when it's hardest perhaps for us to trust God, one of the surefire ways to to we renew that trust in God, but also to know if we are trusting God, is if we are able to give thanks. Not, not just platitudes of thanks, but real authentic gratitude. And, and not thanks for these terrible circumstances, but thanks in the middle of the terrible circumstances. God knows what it looks like for God's people to be hurting and broken and confused and in a mess, and yet God still says yes to us. God still shows up for us and with us, and for that, we can be grateful. We can offer gratitude for that. Gratitude gives us a glimpse of of God's light at work in us. When we offer thanks, simply even for God's presence, we see differently how God truly is present. When we give thanks for that presence, we we see the light of Christ penetrating the darkness around us. There's something about giving thanks that shifts our perspective enough (laughs) to know that we really can trust God. Gratitude helps me know and remember who I am, and who God is, that that's the real story for us. Mary, remember Mary, Mary gave thanks even in the midst of the uncertainty. She didn't wait till it was all said and done. She gave thanks. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, All generations will call me blessed. Mary could already anticipate the reaction of her family and of the community. Mary already knew that she would experience rejection and the comments and the the disapproval. She could already anticipate the struggle in which she would live. And she still offered this song of thanks because her obedience, her yes, was to God. Her trust was in God. Not in the world around her and not in her circumstances, but in God. I wonder if you're able to offer a song of thanks in the middle of your circumstances, whatever your circumstances are. Offering thanks isn't pretending that the bad isn't bad or that the the hurt doesn't hurt or, or that the brokenness isn't real giving thanks is acknowledging and declaring that even in the midst of all that is bad, God is good and God is present and God provides what we need. And God, who has been faithful and trustworthy for all of history, is still faithful and trustworthy even now. God is doing work in us when we offer this obedience and through us, In us and through us. Mary's yes changed her life, certainly. But Mary's yes changed the whole world. Changed our lives as well. Do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. Whatever our circumstances are around us, when the Holy Spirit's at work in us and through us, our lives become like stars in the darkness, light and hope and joy for the world. In Matthew, we read, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. The light of Christ in us allows us, empowers us to be light for the world, light in the darkness. When we say yes to God in that obedience, we are, we are submitting our, our hearts and, and our minds and our lives to God. Then, then this light shines in us first, doing the work in us, revealing in us where we need God's mercy. Where we need God's grace. And then the light shines through us. The light shines in us, in our brokenness, in our terrible circumstances, in our unexpected shift of how life is. That light shines in us so that the light then shines through us, even in those places. Shines through us. It's not our light. It's the light of Christ shining in us. It's God's power at work so that the world sees the light in the darkness and it's a light that no darkness can ever overcome. Obedience, saying yes, remembering who God is and who we are, trusting, trusting God enough to give thanks in the circumstances and saying yes again. Even when you don't know what's coming. You know who is leading you there. You know who is with you. And you know that that the one who leads you there and is with you is the one actually doing the work in you and through you. Obedience, down-to-earth obedience, is not about obligation. It's not about us doing anything for God. It's about us living into the opportunity that God gives us, that God is at work in us and through us, so that Christ, our Savior, whose birth we're getting ready to celebrate, continues to be born in us and in the world. And it starts when we say yes. No matter how strongly or how uncertainly we can say it, it starts when we say yes. And so I wonder today, what is it that God is asking you to say yes to? Maybe God's asking you to say yes to your family or yes to working on you and your relationship with God. Maybe God's asking you to say yes at work or in the community or to your children. Or uh, what is God asking you to say yes to? Maybe God's asking you simply to say yes to trusting. That God hears you and sees you and knows you and loves you enough to be at work in you and through you. Not just for your sake, but for the sake of the world. What is God inviting you to say yes to? And will you? Let's pray. Almighty God, we're so grateful, truly grateful that, that Mary said yes, without any hesitations. She said yes to being your instrument in which Christ could be born into this world, in which we could know the salvation that you've been longing for all your people to experience and hold on to from the beginning. Lord, we know that you know our circumstances. You know where we are. You know what's happening around us. We pray that we would have courage, not just to know that, but to trust you in the midst of that, to offer ourselves to you, to following you, to say yes to you, so that you can be at work in us and through us. Help us not give up, on your presence in the world, in our lives, and in the world around us when all seems to be so messy and uncertain. Help us to hold on to you and your yes to us. Let us find courage in that so that Christ might continue to be born anew in our hearts and in this broken world for the salvation of the whole world. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.